this summer on Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier, we're going to talk about five threats to harmony in your family. So we invite you to join us for this series on growing through challenges with unresolved grief, boundaries, people-pleasing, triangulation, and dysfunctional roles. We'll be bringing you into our Soul Shepherding Counseling Office to learn from people who have made positive changes in their families. Our prayer is to help you experience greater emotional and spiritual health in your family and all of your relationships. Welcome to Soul Talks. Bill and I are so grateful for each of you, our listeners, and we love hearing from you. Bill, we heard from Taneke. She said, I burned out on the mission field and went back part-time, but your book on Jesus's easy yoke has helped me to let go of my guilt feelings and make my heart believe I am accepted. So thankful for that. And you are accepted. And that is something we need to remember and grow in. I think that we can all relate uh, to some extent to Taneke because as people who care for others, uh, whether in uh, missions work or church work or the family, we can get compassion fatigue mm-hmm. where we just uh, give and care and offer help and uh, mercy to, to those in need, and it wears us out. Yes, it does. And we want our families to be places that are places of where we can receive and not just have to give, where there's healthy mutuality and a place of, of rest and love and connection and refilling. So that's part of the vision for our series on families this summer and trying to give you a vision for health in your family and some some ideas of maybe some areas of growth there. The mutuality in our friendships and uh, developing that sort of mutualness with our children. Of course, that takes a number of years, but that is the goal that uh, as parents, we want to work ourselves out of a job. In one sense, that never happens. You're always a parent, and uh, we're, we're living that now as we just entered the grandparent stage. Uh, but in another sense, our kids, as they grow into adulthood, they begin to take on uh, their own personalities and responsibilities and uh, hopefully there begins to be some mutuality. Yeah, this this letting go thing is harder than we think it's going to be, you know, because as we parent, part of the parenting involves really a bond, an important bond. And there can be a subtle thing that can happen where that can go from a healthy bond and intimacy to enmeshment. Yeah, and enmeshment is something that really gets into the area of dysfunctional relationships, and it's a, a reason why we can burn out on helping someone or burn out on ministry is because we're not we're not taking care of ourselves. We're not uh, living with good good boundaries. We're not asking for what we need. We're not uh, differentiating our own self and identity and needs from other people. We're just constantly pouring out. And so uh, learning um, about our our separate self, our separate gifts, our separate wants and needs, and taking responsibility for that, and learning how to balance our inflows and our outflows is really important in family and in ministry. So honey, maybe help us understand, how would I know if I'm enmeshed or not with, with someone that I love? Well, when uh, you're enmeshed, you're oversensitive to what other people seem to feel and to want and taking responsibility for that. 
So that's, that's draining away some energy continually, wearing you out. Yeah, and it seems like um, also there's something there that I've heard you say over the years that I, I really like. I think it's really helpful is where you've talked about if I can't be happy and content and at peace when somebody else that I'm in relationship with is not, then there's probably some enmeshment there. So that that probably needs to be distinguished, though, because we talk about empathy right. as being, you know, really feeling somebody else's feelings for them. But enmeshment would be far beyond empathy. Yeah, enmeshment's when you're getting absorbed with somebody else's feelings and you're, you're losing your own your own balance, your own sense of well-being, and you're, you're getting dominated by, even suffocated by that other person. Uh, not only just maybe when you're with them and they're drawing on you and draining you, but even when they're not with you, you're worrying about them. Yeah, and then you can't give empathy. You really can't. If you're really enmeshed with somebody, you're not able to give empathy because you're not giving it from a place of strength, from a, a separate place of love. Well, that's really a key thing there that most people don't understand. Maybe you could elaborate on that. Why, why is it that having a, a separate sense of self that's you're self-aware and you have a healthy identity, uh, you're, you're not controlled by what other people want from you, you don't just match other people's moods, but you have a separate sense of gravity and ability to have peace and joy even if your spouse or your friend or your, your child is, is not happy, you're still able to be. How is that a loving thing and how does that help with empathy? Well, because it helps me to come from this separate place of being rooted in Christ, strong in the Lord, and having something to actually give that's of substance. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I just get pulled down into the quicksand with you, yeah. then I'm of no help to you anymore because then all of a sudden you have to start worrying about me sometimes too. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. fact, sometimes my sinking might go ahead of yours. or yeah. <laughs> and, and we're both stuck in this helpless place. Yeah, we love because God first loves us, the beloved disciple says in his epistle of 1 John. That's such an important point there. It's because as God's love abides in us and we were filled even to overflowing with, with grace, with a sense of God's presence, with a sense of the smile of Jesus delighting in us, with security and confidence and when we're in that place, we have something to give. Yeah. If I'm anchored to the Lord, that's right, then I actually have something to give to the person that's sinking over here. But if I'm not anchored to the Lord and I'm tied to them, then I don't have anything to give to them. Yeah. And so there's a lot of psychology embedded in that in the way of uh, understanding myself, uh, being aware of what I feel and what I need, being able to ask for that, whether it's in prayer or it's with an emotionally safe friend, but I'm bringing myself into my relationships and I'm receiving what I need. I'm, I'm taking care of my soul in uh, my, my hobbies or activities that nurture me or being in nature and in beauty. And so there's a, there's a constant filling and refilling that's going on, hopefully. And the more this is true, the better off we are. And so now we have some inner strength to give to the person who is discouraged, worried, distressed, and they don't, they don't 
pull us down underwater so that we're drowning with them. We, we, we have that, that life preserver. We have that, that boat that we're connected to that's giving us a, a, a grounding there so we're able to reach out a hand and be helpful. So we're wanting to kind of bring our listeners into the counseling office with us and some couples that we've been working with in ministry. And we do that today with a couple, Ben and Mary. Yeah, so we were helping uh, Ben and Mary, and we think that many of you listening will relate to them. Uh, so they live in a duplex, and in the other home is his mom. And so they uh, help, help her in uh, her later years, and they have... Three children, and she is the uh, grandma, of course, and the kids love their grandma. They love this arrangement. They come home from school. They, they run over to, to Nana's house, and they're quick to uh, show her what they've been working on in school or, you know, get a treat, and Nana's so happy uh, to see them. And so there's a lot of just really good in this whole thing. Of course, she uh, would say that she feels loved by her children taking her in, and they would say it's been a blessing for their family. However, when you when you look deeper into the situation in the family, there is some uh, very significant stressors and uh, pain that's going on here, and it really uh, hinges on the pattern of enmeshment, particularly between Ben and his mom, uh, and then uh, with uh, the way that Mary enmeshes with Ben. So sort of a ricocheting of enmeshing and pleasing going on here that is creating some significant dysfunction and distress in the family. Maybe first to say a little more, more background. So the, uh, the mom and grandma, uh, she's a, a good Christian lady, but she does have pattern with a lot of complaining and judgment, uh, criticism, and can be manipulative. In fact, she puts out so much emotionally toxic vibes that Ben's sister and brother want nothing to do with their mom, which is not a a good uh, approach for dealing with that, but it just gives you a sense of how difficult she can be to be with, the the sourness that comes out of her. Of course, the grandkids don't really see this. They just appreciate Nana. (laughs) But um, And Ben is just kind of taking on the role that, well, he's he's the helper, he's the responsible one, and so he's been doing this all, all his life. You know, his brother's a drug addict and his sister is just, uh, her life's an emotional wreck. And so he, he's the stable one that he can do this for his mom. And then Mary, uh, because Ben works full-time uh, in a nonprofit ministry, and so Mary's the one that ends up interfacing a lot with, with Nana and, uh, you know, around the kids. And so she will represent Ben and be very uh, caring to her mother-in-law. She takes her to the store. Uh, they go to church together. Uh, and she's just does her best to be thoughtful and considerate of her. But it's it's wearing her out because she just keeps giving and giving. And, and then she puts up with all this toxic emotion that comes up. And she said that when she uh, when she try, you know, when she tries to say no. She just she feels really guilty, uh, and she gets caught in the conflict because Ben will give money to his family or uh, commit them to helping in certain ways, and not only to uh, his mother but also to his siblings. Uh, and then he'll tell Mary about it, and so she just sort of feels like she has to just kind of go along and make things work and clean up the messes. But she finds herself resenting that, Mm -hmm. and then there's conflict between Ben and Mary, and then she takes this into 
church with her, and she feels like she can't worship in church because she feels like such a bad person, because she feels guilty that she's not just giving and giving like like Ben is. Yeah, it's so painful for her to be containing all of this, all the consequences of this dysfunction, pain points really her. Yeah, and so she's struggling with repressing her frustration and anger and her disappointment and her needs, really like you were sharing in last week's podcast, Christy. Mm-hmm. So we're so thankful that she took courage to actually open up and be honest with what she was feeling, and that does put the spotlight on and confront some of this enmeshment. Yeah, and that's really the start, is her, her being honest with Ben and with us. She needed some some validation outside of herself for her emotion, and, and they needed to get out of the spinning cycles of of conflict that they were in, and he needed some help to to hear her without without being defensive or going into his own trough of guilt there. And so we taught them to uh, to listen without being reactive and to hold their emotion to to contain that emotion without repressing it, because when we repress emotion, we're really denying it. It's not the same as feeling it and holding it there. And so by our empathy for each of them, we're helping them to, to sit with and care for their own emotions. Because as we were just saying a minute ago, when you are aware of and feel okay with your own emotion, you, that gives you a, a foundation, a, a breathing space, a, a source of, of energy and sustenance now that you can reach into somebody else's life and give empathy. So we were providing that bridge there and then teaching Mary to to be honest about that, Ben to listen, teaching Ben about uh, having some some boundaries here with with his mom and not making these these commitments on what he would do with finances and help and so forth without talking to Mary first. That's really important because it's costing costing her so much and so there needs to be communication between Ben and Mary about this is what our feeling we need to do for mom, or this is what mom is asking for, and how do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. And Ben needs to be able to recognize that Mary actually has, a, her not being enmeshed with his mom like he is, is actually a gift that's helpful because she can be more objective about it. And so she has some real wisdom to speak into there that he needs. Yeah, so we freed her up to have that voice and that required her releasing some of her own toxic resentment and anger because when she's been reacting to him with judgment towards his mom, that just sends him into a a negative pattern where then he doesn't feel like he can talk to her about it. And then feels like he needs to hide from her what he's doing. So she needed some empathy and validation around her anger and to get underneath that into what it was costing her. Uh, She wasn't making his mom all bad. She loved his mom and uh, the way she cared for their kids and other things, uh, but that uh, she did have these uh, emotions and she was out of balance with his mom. And for him to be able to, to say, well, this is what I would like to give, you know, how do you feel about that? And then to get just get a different perspective on that through the processing. You know, it's so hard for us to take the time and the energy and push through our defense mechanisms to step back and talk about some of the unconscious dynamics that are going on in our families. And that's what they did. And she led this. She took courage to speak the truth in love about what was feeling for her, what it was feeling like for her to be in this family and this these patterns going on with Ben and his family. 
And I was really proud of her for taking courage for that. And I think that, you know, thankfully, Ben is able to be loving enough. He does love his wife to be able to listen, you know, to her and um, to respect her and to to be able to look at himself too and and to grow and to want to be healthier, healthier husband and, and son. And so we call this uh, meta-communication, mm-hmm. communicating about the communication patterns that have been going on. It's a very um, uh, important and powerful concept in relational health. Mm-hmm. So let's just uh, take a few minutes and ro- role-play this a bit. So you, you be... Mary, and so what is she? What does she have to say about the dynamic of communication? And then I'll be Ben. Okay. It's really hard for me, Ben, when I hear later after the fact you've done this for your mom, and you're not aware of what it's costing me. So I'm I'm hearing you uh, angry at me again, and. Uh, blaming me and judging me. I'm, I'm just really sick of these conflicts that we've been having. I'm well, just trying to love my mom. Well, I know you're trying to love your mom, and I respect you for that. But what what I'm trying to say isn't blaming you. I'm not meaning to blame you or make you bad. What I'm saying is that I need you to have some empathy for me. I need you to be aware of the dynamic of what your relationship with your mom and your decisions and actions with your mom, how they're affecting me. Because so they how's, are affecting how's, me. How is it affecting you? What t- help me see that? Well, it it feels sometimes like you care more about your mom than me, or like you're considering her and her needs more than mine. Well, that's where I start to feel judged. So, what is it that you're needing? Tell me how you're you're hurting. I'm hurting because I want you to respect me enough for you to talk to me about what it is you think your mom needs, or what it is your mom's asking for or what it is you're wanting to give your mom. And for us to talk about that first and see what, what the effect of that, what that costs our family. So you're, you're feeling uh, like you're a- alone here and uh, like you're not really seen, you're not, not uh, understood, and, and you're not a priority. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that is how I feel. And I'm, I'm feeling powerless. And like it's, I'm just kind of a victim here in this family system and this relationship, this closeness between your mom and you. I'm, I'm feeling more like one of the kids, except I don't get treats. <laughs> and so if, if I talk with you about these situations before I make any commitments, then you feel respected and like you have a voice. and Like you're considering me too, not just your mom. Yeah, I'd really appreciate that. And so what I have to get over is that I'm afraid that you're just going to get angry at me. You're going to try to control me. Uh, I lose sight of what you're saying that uh, you you need to feel uh, listened to. You need to feel understood. You need to feel a part of the process. You need to feel like you're important to me. I'm not thinking of it that way. I'm I'm just trying to solve the latest stress point with, with my mom. And then it it feels like it's just going to be more stressful when we talk about it. So I'm trying Mm. to put this into a different category here that this is really about our our relationship and it's about you feeling like you're a priority and us processing together. Yeah. And we're a team. 
that you're you don't you're not just alone with all of this, but that we're a team, we're together, and that I'm not against you. I'm not just sitting here judging you and criticizing you. I want I want to be a team unified together. Mm-hmm. I want I want to think us to think put our best thinking and prayer together mm-hmm. on how we can best love your mom and ourselves and our marriage and our kids. Now, can you see why? Uh, I don't mean to justify it, but can you see why I wouldn't talk to you when my experience is that well, you're you're going to get angry at me, and we're going to have this this fight about it, and I'm just going to feel judged and criticized. Can you see why I I try to downplay it and not have to deal with it? Yeah, I'm sorry. I I, I appreciate you being honest with me about that and letting me know that, and I think that in the past I have gotten angry and judged you because I've been trying to displease you and your mom and I haven't been asking for what I need. And so then you don't hear about it until it's too late. And so I'm sorry for that. I don't I don't want to be judging you. I could see it. you're in a hard position here where you're trying to solve a problem and you're trying to maybe even protect me from the problem. So I, I see your intentions there being good. And so I appreciate you telling me that that you're feeling, it feels vulnerable to you to talk to me about it because you're afraid that I'm going to judge you and I'm going to criticize you. I don't want to do that. I want us to be able to just talk it through in love and pray and come to a decision that's as as good as can be for everybody. Well, I appreciate that and I appreciate you being considerate of me in that because what happens to me is I I start going into self-judging and just feeling bad about myself mm-hmm. uh, when you're when you're angry. I, I don't want to censor your anger, but I just need a way for us to talk about it that it doesn't just get uh, inflamed against me, and then I just feel like I'm a bad husband. What I'm understanding is that if if we talk this through in a way that you feel understood, also if you understand me, then it's actually a, a win-win here. Yeah. And, we can work these things out together. Yeah, that's what I want. I, I don't want to trigger self-judgment in you. I don't want to trigger, you know, increased conflict or pressure. Thank you. Yeah. So that's uh, some of the dynamic between Ben and Mary and how we help them. Uh, and that, that role play there is the kind of thing that we're teaching them to do in their communication, to be able to, each of them, take ownership of their their own needs and emotions and articulate that and uh, really listen to each other without reacting. And of course, it takes a number of interventions on our part as counselors to redirect things, to calm it down, to get underneath the surface uh, and and to provide uh, a ton of empathy and containing on our part so that they don't uh, ignite and fall into those dysfunctional patterns. But little by little, as we do that with them, they're uh, learning that and uh, applying that in in their marriage, and that makes a big difference in their relationship with his mother and uh, brother and sister, and of course with their their own kids. Because when we uh, build this kind of a, a marriage relationship, that really blesses the kids, doesn't it? It does. Well, and also with their ministry too. This this helps them in their ministry too. Because in this case, we were talking about the mother-in-law boundaries with the mother-in-law, not being a mesh with the mother-in-law. But he can also do this with his ministry, too. Mm-hmm. And this, it could be the same conversation, but being about ministry instead of about family. 
Yeah, and uh, we need to wrap up for today. But one of the just to put a marker on something here, one of the one of the issues that's going on here with Ben and Mary and their family system is the triangling, the mm-hmm. patterns of three way relationships, yeah. and we're going to be getting the, into that in our uh, next soul talks. Cool. Till then, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would continue to reveal to us areas where we are enmeshed with someone else and we're not anchored to you, and that you would give us the courage, Lord, to to let go and to anchor ourselves to you and to let you um, lead us, guide us, that you would bring other ambassadors of you and counselors to help us in this process too, Lord. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a blessing to share Soul Talks with you and your friends. Also, we hope you'll visit soulshepherding.org and subscribe to our blog, which we send out by email each week. We would love to come speak at your church or have you join us at our Soul Shepherding Institute. It's our joy to foster your intimacy with Jesus, emotionally healthy relationships, and fruitful ministry.